Today's dot discusses whether the word oi is inclusive or exclusive. In what case are we excluding Klaim? Then we discuss someone who steals a cow that was included, that was designated as the carbon oil law, even though you don't need to designate, designate a cow for it. How we can pay back a sheep or a bird, which are also good oilers. And then we discuss a partial mechira. Whether it'll be chayv dal rehei, how much of it needs to be sold. The Gemara left off saying that oi by kachim was excluding. The problem is we find by kachim that oi includes. It says shor oi kesev. Rova said that in the context of kachim, it was including. It was excluding. So over here, it's including. Why by shor kesev is it excluding? Because the. The Gemara answers that we hear the, the end of the puzzle was being mamayit, so the ratio was also being mamayit. I want to do it the opposite, since the ratio is including. Continue the puzzle to use the next oi to be inclusive. The Gemara says, well, what? We're going to use the oi to exclude carbonus. We would use one to exclude using climb as a carbon, and the other to use a nidman animal that is born without the appearance of its kosher parents. That's a chiddush. That makes sense to be mamayit. But if you want to use oyz to include, so once you're including klayim as a carbon, of course you can use a nidma, perfectly kosher animal. Klayim isn't kosher. A nidma, which is kosher, just doesn't look like his parents. Of course that would be allowed to be used. Oy has to be a miot. The Gemara says that Rava uses... This as a boin av to learn from here to all other places in the Torah, wherever it says se, that se is excluding klayim. You have to bring a se, and not in a crossbreed of a se, a crossbreed of animals. So the Gemara says, where exactly is Rava excluding klayim from? Kachim, we know you can't use klayim already. The pasuk says, "Shor oy kesef to exclude klayim." By Meiser, it says "tachas tachas" twice. Hekish from Kachim to tell me that just like Kachim can't use klayim, you can't use klayim by Meiser. It's like a limud from a limud. If you want to learn from Bechor, that has to be behemoth Torah. Can't be klayim. First of all, we learn out from Meiser, Avora, Avora, Hekish, that it can't be Klayim. And number two, even a Nidme isn't good for Bechor. It says, Ach Bechor Shor. They both have to be a, have to be a Shor, the Tati and the Bechor. Kavachoyim or Klayim wouldn't be good. So where's Rav Atalangas that we're excluding don't use Klayim? Where, where is it a Chedesh? We know you can't use Klayim in all these cases. So Rava explains, Abe Peter Chamor, the Mishnah says that you can't be poida, your firstborn donkey, to be able to use it and give something else to the Koyen. You can't use an Egel, a Chayo, something Shechted, or Trefo, Klayim, or a Kvi, a Suffolk, Behema Suffolk Chayo. This is the exclusion of Klayim, you can't use Klayim to be poide petachamor. Aye, Rebbe Lozer says that you can use Klayim to be poide petachamor. So Rebbe Lozer would say, like Rava, 
Now, when Rava says you can't use Klayim, he was excluding a case of an animal, which is Tomei, born from a Tohar father. So a Tomei animal was interbred with a Tahar animal. So he's born, his mother, this, an- this animal's mother is Tahar, but the father is Tomei. Mechadish, so he can't use that. Unlike Rabbi Yeshua, who says it's Pashat, he learns from Se Ksovim, Se Izim. Both parents, the father and the mother of this sheep, have to be a sheep. The Gemara just challenges the concept. Can you have a Tomei and a Tahar animal producing offspring? Absolutely, says the Gemara. We learn this from the case of a kolot, so an animal which is born with a connected hoof. So intrinsically, it's a tar animal, but it's born with this defect, which makes it tame according to Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon calls it tame even though it's born from tar. So you can't have a tame animal being born from a tar animal. Next, Rava asks, if someone is macabre on himself to bring a korban oila, that was his announcement, that was his... Dedication, and then for the korban oila, he designates a shor, an axe, above and beyond. And essentially, an oila does not need to be a shor; it could be a cheaper animal. We'll see in a minute. And then someone else steals this axe. Now, if this axe is gone, like the rabbit explains, can this god have just paid back a keves, which is an oila, according to the abonon, or pay back even a bird, according to Abelos Menazario, who holds that 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 a bird is an oila? All right, the Mishnah says, if someone accepts upon himself an oila, the Chachamim say bring a keves, so Lesben Azariah says bring a Torah ben and a bird. So the Shaila is, when the guy accepts an oila, is he accepting these animals? So when the guy steals his oila, he pays back those animals. Or maybe this guy accepted to bring the mitzvah men amuvachor, to bring a full shar, so now the guy has to pay back the shar which he stole. Obviously, if he still has the shor, he has to give it back. We're talking about where that's gone, and now he's just paying back the oil which he stole. Arova himself, after asking, he came up with an answer. Often that happens. And he says that the Ganem can't pot himself by just paying back a keves, according to Rabbonin and the birds, according to Rabbi Lozman Azaria. Rabbi actually brought this Beferish in a so Rava says that if someone accepts upon himself an oil and then he pulls out a shor for it, if someone steals it, it's good enough to pay back a keves according to that one and birds according to Belos Benazario. He just has to pay back the oil, not the actual shor, which the guy over-designated. In the next Mishnah we learn that if someone seal, sells the thing that, that he stole, right? When it comes to Tvichu Mechira, when you have to pay dollar of hay. But instead of selling the whole thing, he sells it all except for a hundredth. He leaves over something in the sale. Or, he was actually a shutuf in the thing which he stole. So half of it wasn't illegally sold. Or, if someone shechts the animal, but it turns out it's an avela. Or, if he makes it treif, he doesn't do a good shechita. So he has the base kefel, but not dalid vehei. So now the Gemara goes back to the selling part. How do you sell it minus a hundredth? What's the case? Four options. Rav tells us he sells it besides four, something which is intrinsic to the shechita, to be kosher. I mean, not the, the skins or the horns, but the actual meat, the flesh, which is something which is required for the shechita. That's what would be Mafria that would make the mechira not a good mechira if he left that out. If he left out the skins and horns, according to Rav, it would still be a, a complete mechira. 
The Levi gives a second qualification. He says, no, if he leaves out even the sharings, that's enough to make it not a complete mechira. And he brings a, a price to back this up, which says, with the exception of the wool, the sharings. The Gemara asks, if the animal was sold besides for its hands or legs, horns, or its sharings, it's not going to be chayav dalad vehei. You see, it's not a full mechira if any of these things are missing. So Rebbe gives a third qualification that an incomplete mechira is something that would be ma'akev deshchita, which means that this animal would be considered a treifa while it's still alive. It's missing like it's koner veshet. There, the ganav wouldn't be chayav dalad vehei for selling that. But if it's not Makiv the Shrita, he'll still be Chayv Dal Vehev. Shimon Ben Alozi gives us a fourth qualification of an own incomplete sale. It means that he sells it minus the horns. Even that is considered a Mechusa Mechira. He doesn't have to pay Dal Vehev. However, the shearings, the wool, the fur, that he could leave out, and he'll still be Chayv Dal Vehev for selling it. Now the Gemara says, if we try matching up our shittas with the brisa that we brought in, Levi fits with the Tanakama, but Ravu says that the, the flesh is the only thing that matters. Who's he going like? So the Gemara explains that Rav is going like this other Tana who brings in a brisa where Shimon ben Alozer says that if someone sells something minus the hands, legs, he doesn't pay, but if he leaves out the horns or the wool, that's still a complete mechira, then he still has to pay dollar vehei. What's the machlekes? Titanakama holds that when the Pasuk says it means that he shechts the entire thing. So the Mechira also has to be an entire sale. The Revi holds that means something which is intrinsic to the Tvicha as opposed to he sells something just like the Shechita that wouldn't be intrinsic to the Shechita. That's not a Mechira. Hashem and Allah he holds that the horns are my, uh, make, a, make a difference in the sale, but not the wool. Because horns aren't meant to be cut off. That's part of the animal. But the wool, that's okay. If you cut it off, you still have a full sale going on over here. No pun intended on the hair. Okay, now it's intended. He would hold, if you leave, if you leave out the hair, that's fine. It's still a full sale. You'll still be high of dollar for that. Because hair is meant to be cut off. On the other hand, Rav would say, he brings it, Rav Shimon ben Elazar, that the hands and the legs make a difference because that's needed to have a kosher shechita. So if that's not part of the sale, he's not chayv dalav hey. But the horns and the, and the fur, that's not necessary for a kosher shechita. And therefore, if he leaves that out, it's still, he'll still be chayv dalav hey. It's still a full mechira, just like it would have been a full shechita. So we have two ma'amorim from Rosh Hashim that's that contradict each other. We have to say that the two separate tanoim will learn them out differently. Now in the next piece, the Gemara says that if someone steals an, uh, an amputated sheep, an, a- an amputated animal, it's missing a leg, or a lame animal, or a blind animal, or if someone steals an animal from shutfim, he's going to be chayv. But if shutfim steal, he'll be potter. To pay the dollar behei, or the kefil. I, our Brysa said that if Shutfim still the chayiv, so Nachman explains what the cases are that, that are different. What's the difference in these cases of Shutfim stealing? If one Shutf steals from another Shutf, he's going to be potter. Because half of what he stole is his, so he doesn't have to pay the Knasim. 
But if two shutfim together steal, they will be chayv to pay the full dollar hey together. Now Rav asks Rav Nachman, you're telling me that if shutfim still together, they're going to be chayv. We learned that the positive of a tovchu teaches us it has to be a full shechita, and that excludes not only someone who steals from his shutif, but if shutfim steal together, it's not a f- considered a full shechita, and they're potter. Why are you telling me that if the shutfim steal it together, they'll be chayv? So Rav Nachman says, not a, that's not a kasha. You're going to be chayv if you shecht it together with the shutif. But if he goes off on his own and checks it without a shutuf knowing, there he's going to be potter. Because he wasn't a shleach to shecht his partner's half of the animal. Mamela, on that half, it makes it an incomplete shrita. That's why he's going to be potter. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.